Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Welcome someone to church and you may have your seat in God's presence. We started in the Elevate service to go to in a direction of faith and um, to understand that God loves us and the love of God and the grace of God that has been shared abroad in our heart enables our faith to work. It strengthens us to reach out for the things that God has designed for you and I. So I want to talk about having faith in your covenant of promise. Having faith in the covenant that God has promised you. Believe in that covenant. One thing you need to realize is that faith does not deny the present reality. It only believes God's reality. Faith does not deny the fact that pastor I don't have this yet or I don't have that yet. Faith does not deny that fact. But what faith does is that faith puts you in a position to against all odds believe the reality of God more than your own reality. Faith does not deny the fact that your bank account is red. Faith doesn't deny that fact. But what faith is saying is that regardless of that status, there is a reality in God that you should believe more than the one that is present there. Faith does not deny it when we do not have the things that we ought to have or we are not in possession or walking in the grace and the gift that God has endowed us with. Faith doesn't deny that fact. So we don't say because I have faith. Faith doesn't deny the fact that maybe you're sick in your body. Faith does not deny that fact. Faith does not deny the fact that the doctors will diagnose and say he has this and has that and has that sickness and this. Faith doesn't deny that fact. It's a reality that exists. Yes, but what we're saying is that there's another reality that is more real than the one you're seeing. And that's God's reality. So we are saying have the God kind of faith. We are saying believe in the things that God is seeing. See the things that God is seeing more than the things that you are seeing. So faith does not deny the present reality. So when you come and say, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Look at this and look at this and look at this from everybody in our family. This has happened. This has happened. My faith will not deny that reality. But what my faith will do will tell you that there's another reality that you should focus on, which is more than this. And that is bigger than this one, which is a more sure. The Bible calls it the sure word of promise. It's a more sure word. It's, a more, it's an authentic word. It is more real than the one you are seeing. What faith is saying that, look, the situation may be looking like this and then they, the, 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 the Red Sea is in, is in front of us, but it could be looking like that. That's the present reality. It's okay. But the reality is that there's a faith in God. That's what God is saying that you can pass through. He doesn't deny it. Yes. That's, that's the present reality. That's what it looks like. That's what it is right now. It's okay. But what God is seeing is different. So when we're saying you, you, you have faith in God, we're saying you bring your reality 
to the reality that God is saying. And when God's word comes to you, it's not meant to be analyzed. It's not meant to be broken down and, and, and permutated and combinated and all that. And let's find out the, uh, the possibilities and the pros and cons and all that. No. When God's word comes, it's meant to be believed. It doesn't come for you to analyze it and say, okay, let's, let's look at the feasibility study of this word that has been spoken to us. No. It's for us to believe the word. That's why we are believers. That's why we are believers. So when the word comes, all we need to do is believe that word. It's meant to be believed. So Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 10. It says, For the man who comes into his rest has had rest from his works, as God did from his. Because of these, let us have a strong desire to come into that rest. And let no one go after the example of those who went against God's others. It said, for the word of God is living and full of power. And is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting through and making a division, even to the soul and the spirit, the bones and the muscles, and quick to see the thoughts and purposes of the heart. And there is nothing made which is not completely clear to him. There is nothing covered, but all things are open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Having then a great high priest who has been made his way through, who has made his way through the heavens, even Jesus, the Son of God, let us be strong in our faith. It's saying that there is a place that God has for you and I. It's a place of rest. That he has provided a place of rest for us. He said God has rested from his own works. So he who must come to God must also come to that place of rest. He said because of this, let us have a strong desire to come into rest. Let us have a strong desire to see that line upon line, precept upon precept. Let us have an expectation of good every day of our life. Let us look forward to good things happening to us. Let us have an expectation of greater and better things. Let us have an expectation of a future that is brighter than what we see presently. Because why? God has seized from his own rest. So he's bringing all of us into rest. So the end game, the end game for, for God, for you and I, is that we come into that rest. That's the end game. So he's saying, let's have an expectation of that end game. Let's have an expectation of rest. Let's have an expectation of a better future. Let's have an expectation of a glorious future. Why? Because Jesus, who is the Son of God, has made a way for us. So because we know that he has made a way for us, we are strong in our faith. Our faith is strengthened. We don't give up when circumstances and situations come against us. We don't give up. We stand strong in our faith. Not because we know what to do, but because we know that Jesus has made a way. So when we are strong in faith, we are saying, Jesus, what is that way that you have made for me that I don't know yet? So when you face a situation and it looks like it's impossible and people all around you tell you it's impossible. It cannot work. This person has tried it. That person has tried it. It cannot work. What the scripture is saying that there is a way that Jesus has made that you don't know yet. That's why you think it cannot work. So 
when we're strong in faith, we're asking Jesus, what is that way that you have made for me? What is that way that you have created for me? It may look like nobody in your history of anybody in your lineage has ever done it before but he's saying that there is a way in Christ Jesus when you look for that way you find that way and you stay on strong in faith to access what he has already done that's the place of rest so God has a plan from the beginning of creation he has a purpose from the beginning of creation he had a plan from existence and this plan that God had exceeds your personal ambition exceeds your personal desires it exceeds it's more than you it exceeds your wishes and all sorts so what happens god begins to factor you and i into that equation he factored you and i into his plan from the beginning he he he, he looked at us and said okay you know what because i want to do xyz and do xyz i need this person so the reason you were born is not because your father and mother came together no the reason you were born is because god had a plan for you the reason you came on earth and you came to the city and you came to this country and you came to africa i know some of us have asked why did I come to Nigeria? Why? And then you look at your parents and like, ah, did you not see America? You know, that one is good. If they, if they give back to all of you here in Nigeria, but that one is good. But imagine some families. The first child, America. The second child, Canada. The third child, maybe Germany. Then you, the fourth child, they came to Nigeria. Ah. I've seen people like that. They are annoyed. And they now call them Tokumbo in Yoruba. <laughs> I said, we talk, don't talk to me anything. Give me back, give back to me there. You know, and they're feeling like, why? And they look at all of them. This one, British passport. This one, US passport. This one, Canadian passport. This one, Nigerian passport. And you look at your parents. Did I offend you? I've seen people who are angry with their, with their parents. Say, did I offend you? What did I do to you? You gave back to all the children abroad. And give back to me. And I, why? Did I offend you? And then you spent 10 years looking for visa. <laughs> That's the most painful thing. But what we're saying is that it's irrelevant. The plan of God supersedes all those things. You can be born in the darkest of the darkest of the desert. It's irrelevant. When it comes to the purpose and the plan of God, He supersedes all these things. All these things. So from the beginning, His plan is that you and I would come into rest. That's His plan from the beginning. But the way to that rest through Jesus the path to that rest is Jesus and the path to Jesus is faith so our faith is anchored on him our faith is strong in him it's strong in him the end result of all our actions inactions and living is that we find our place in God and that that place is a place of rest the end result of all that God began from the beginning of creation is that he rested he made a promise of bringing us to that rest. After he had done this and done that and done that and the Bible says, and God rested. He didn't create us on the first day when he created the heavens and the earth and created the stars and the moons and the firmament and everything. On the second day he didn't create us. On the third day he didn't create us. We're the last creation. And after that he rested. 
So meaning that if there was anything that needed to be created afterwards, it's left to you and I. It's left to you and I. I told us in the elevator service, any future you desire, from that point that God rested, it's in your hands. If he created us on the fourth day and then didn't created some other things, then later rested. We can argue that some of the things he created were not complete. So we need to add to it. No. But he rested. Meaning that everything that we need is complete. So he brought us at a point where we have everything. And I want to submit to you today that that point he rested was the point where he knows that Jesus has come and said if you have Jesus you have everything. So at that point when he says God rested on the seventh day it means that on that day he has handed over everything to Jesus and given Jesus to you and so that in Jesus you have everything. So any future you desire from that point your faith is now strong in Christ. John chapter 14 from verse 1. It says, let your heart not be troubled. Have faith in God and have faith in me. In my father's house are rooms enough. It is, if it was not so, would I have said that I'm going to make a place for you? And if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. So it does not matter where you are right now. What matters the most is that we are in Christ Jesus. We are located in him. We are located in him. Sometimes when we talk like this, it, it, it sounds that look, it's far-fetched. It's, it looks difficult. It looks, it looks something way out there. But the truth of the matter is, whatever, wh whether you like it or not, 10 years will come. 5 years will come. 2 years will come. 3 years will come. When you don't step into the into things into these things, you don't begin to experience the things that we're saying. There are many factors to why people are not walking in, in, in the reality that God will have them walking. Many, many factors. If we start analyzing each of those factors, we won't live here today. There are many factors, but you don't need to know all the factors. All you just need to know is that there is a place of rest in God for you. And you are positioning for that rest. How whatever needs to happen from A to B to C to D to E and all that needs to happen for you to come into that place. From the time you surrender to him, he begins to cause them to happen. He begins to align them to happen. He begins to align them to happen. And sometimes these things are subtle. You, 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 we don't put too much thoughts on them. They are very subtle. Someone came to me some time ago and said, Pastor, what do you think? No, she asked me a question one time. She said, um, I think she was, she, was, she was close to 30 or thereabout. And then she, 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 she didn't even have a boyfriend. Not even talking of, of someone she wanted to get married to. So she was like, Pastor, am I normal? That's why she came to me to ask me that. Am I normal? Is there something wrong with me? I said, why do you think so? She said, because people, people think that she's weird. I said, why? He said, because... I'm not relationship conscious. I'm not just interested. So she feels that there's something wrong with her. One of her pastors called her and said, are you okay? Who is the guy coming around? She said, nobody. She said, is it that someone is coming or you are just chasing them? And we said, no. He said, don't you want a guy? I said, I'm not just. At that point, I called her and I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with you. You're very much okay. But let's find out. What's your priority? 
What do you want? She said, Pastor, I just had think maybe I should go abroad and do my master's. I said, look, if the bubble is abroad, you won't find him here. If abroad is where he is, you better go there. She's like, eh, I don't have money. I don't have this. I don't have that. I said, you don't need money to do anything. All you need is faith. All you need is faith. Start. Apply. Nobody will kill you for applying. Just apply. Say then, okay, in the application fee, you can raise the application fee. How much is it? How many dollars? It's cheap money to apply. It's just to apply. It's the tuition that is killing. That makes people run. $30,000. Hey, where will I see though? You know my generation, nobody has seen that. They will I see that. From my father's father's father to my present generation, count all the money together. It's not up to $10,000. <laughs> no. It's not hard. So eventually she did. She applied. Applied. The school called her. Did interview, interview, paid this fee, paid that small, small fee, $50, $100, $200, she paid, paid, paid. Then, she got the admission. And she got the admission. Pastor, I've gotten the admission. Hey, where will I see the money? Oh. I said, relax. Those little, little $10 is for your faith to grow. $20, $100, is for your faith to grow. Now that it's $10,000, God expects that you'd have built faith. If you can trust him for ten dollars, see the faith to get ten dollars is the same faith to get a ten thousand dollars. It's just in your mind that you think is hey now ten thousand. God say Angel Michael, all of you come. This money is big. Oh, bring your faith together. I cannot. No, it's the same faith. It's in our mind that we think that if it's a big money, then God will start shaking. Say, God, don't be there to talk to. No, be you. Ten thousand dollars. How? No, no. It's the same faith. So we prayed together said God we trust you for this to happen and that to happen she applied the school granted her some um, what they call this some tuition waiver and stuff like that now it was now money for tickets see eh, there will always be something there will always be something there will always be now it's now money for ticket ha, where will I see money for ticket Hold on. her father who who did not look like would give her one trouble called her one day and said I'll buy your ticket what are you talking about? But if she did not start, would she have known that there is a future there waiting for her? No, but she started to create a future that she wanted. She didn't wait for somebody to call her one day and say, the Lord spoke to me to bring you to the US. No! She desired a future, saw it ahead, and began to plan for it to create it to come to pass. As we speak, she's in her second year or so in the university abroad. A lot of how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? It will always come. We are in a walk of faith. The Christian walk is a walk of faith, it doesn't end there. You move on from one level to another, you keep moving on. It's a walk of faith. You keep moving on. So one day she called me. In fact, she sent me a message. Say, Pastor, I was praying. You know, sometimes some things happen to people and she, she went for like almost several months or close to a year. We didn't get to talk to each other. And, and one day I just got a message. And she, was, she said, a very long message. She said, she's sorry. She didn't keep in touch with me. Blah, 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 blah. Um, um, she wanted to do something. And God told her and said, that man, go and sow his seed to his life. And I laughed. That's fine. 
Because she had, she had forgotten about me. She just went, well, abroad people. Ah, oh, we are now in the abroad. <laughs> you know, I'm enjoying the snow and everything. And then he sent me a message. I said, God asked her to sow. I can't remember how many dollars. Uh, maybe 200 or 300. I can't remember how many. So she said, so when I got the message, I replied, I said, call me. She actually sent and said, please send me your account number now. I didn't send it to her. I said, call me. So after like two days or so, she called. And she said, I said, what happened? She said, she's trusting God for something for about 2,000 something dollars or so to pay for something. And when she was praying, God told her and said, go and sow a seed to him. That's why she, she, she buzzed me. She said she's apologized, she's sorry and everything. So then I now sent the account number. She said the dollars. So you can receive dollars not even being there. You're clapping for me. <laughs> Glory to God. That's not the point. The point is this. The point is this. At every point, your faith will always be tested. At every God knows what to do to move you from here to there. At every point, it will be tested. But you need to know that you have a place of rest. There is a covenant of promise for you that is sure. So you are running with that energy. You are running with that, you are running with that zeal, knowing this that your covenant of promise in God is sure. So that's how that's why you do the things you do. That's why you take the step of faith that you take, knowing that the covenant of promise is sure. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. What matters the most is that there is a rest in God for you. And you are chasing after that rest. You are pursuing that rest. You are expecting good to happen to you. You are expecting to come into rest all the time. You are expecting it. 2 Corinthians 5.11 It says, Having in mind then the fear of the Lord, we put these things before men. But God sees our hearts and it is my hope that we may seem right in our eyes. We are not again requesting your approval, but we are giving you the chance to take pride in us so that you may be able to give an answer to those whose glory is in seeming and not in the heart. For if we are foolish, it is to God, or if we are serious, it is to you. For it is the love of Christ which is moving us because we are of the opinion that if one was put to death for all, then all have undergone death. And that the underwent death for all. So that the living might no longer be living to themselves. But to him who underwent death for them and came back from the dead. I don't know if you, if you get that analogy. We're saying that all these things is for our benefit. Because Christ died for us. So because Christ died for us, all of us have died in Christ. Such that the benefit of the death of Christ has come to all of us. Has come to all of us. He said, for this reason, from this time forward, we have knowledge of no man after the flesh. Even if we have knowledge of Christ after the flesh, we no longer any such knowledge. Meaning that we, we used to know Christ before after the flesh. But right now, we don't know him after the flesh again. Because now we know him according to the spirit. We know him after the place of rest. We don't know him in the times of struggle. We don't know Christ when he was uh, the carpenter's son. We know him now as the resurrected Christ. That's what he's saying. So we are now knowing him after the resurrection. So what he's saying is that what, you what your, your experience should be is a place after rest. So he has called you and I into rest. 
given us a covenant of promise such that we are living after that covenant of promise. So if any man is in Christ, he's a new world. The old things have come to an end. They have truly become new. Your the experiences are new. Your expectations are new. Your desires are new. The things ahead of you are new. But all things are of God who has made us at peace with himself through Christ and has given us to walk the work of making peace. Of making peace. Now because we know we have come to knowledge of God about this, we not only wait patiently for that rest, but persuade men. We persuade men. So because we know that God has brought us to a place of rest, we are bold to tell other people. We are bold to persuade people about that rest. We are bold to bring people to Christ and say, look, there is a rest in front of you. There's a rest in front of you. There are three things you should hold on to regarding God's promise. One, the promise of God is God's idea. The covenant and the promise is God's idea. It's God's idea. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I told us the other day, that word, that phrase and that statement means that he had a plan. He had a purpose. He created the heavens and the earth. So anything that follows after should follow after the purpose for which he created the heaven and earth. It's God's idea. It's God's idea. Nobody cooked it up anywhere. It's God's idea. The second thing is that the promise is open to all. The promise is open to all. Look at Romans chapter 5. The promise is open to all. It's open to everyone. From verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and dead through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not seen according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Look at verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. Abound to many. So the promise is unto all. There's, the Bible says there's no favoritism with God. There's no favoritism. God does not favor one person more than the other. No. The promise is to all. We have a responsibility to lay hold on that promise. And then the third thing is that the promise must be fulfilled. The promise must be fulfilled. The covenant that we have with God is a covenant that he caught himself. In the other teachings I explained to us how that he made the covenant with Moses. He said a new covenant will I make. Not like the one I made before. Which was between me and Moses. A new covenant will I make. He says the covenant I will make now will be a different covenant. It will be a different covenant. In this covenant, it will be God and God. It will be God and God. So when he gave the covenant to Moses, the covenant was written on stones. 
but we know that we could not fulfill our bargain of the covenant we couldn't fulfill it so he made a new covenant again but this time it was with him and Christ Christ was the mediator between him and the new covenant Christ was the mediator Christ was the one that cut that covenant with his blood what that's why the covenant is sure it cannot be broken why because you are not there your job is to receive your job is to receive so whatever represents god's promise to you be rest assured that it is sure in your business your career your ministry everything whatever it is that god has called you to it is a sure promise no one can contend with it and no one can take from it Joshua 21 verse 45 It says not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass That's a scripture that you should hold there in your heart Joshua 21:45 Says not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel all of them came to pass a pastor was saying one time, he said one of his favorite parts in the Bible is that and it came to pass. And it came to pass. It may look like this and look like this, but then and it came to pass. It may look like this now, but there's a season and it came to pass. So when you're expecting, let your expectation be that and it came to pass. Why? Because the covenant is sure. The promise is sure. It is sure. Glory to God. Galatians 3 from verse 13. Say Christ has made us free from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. Because it is said in the writings. A curse on everyone who is put to death by hanging on a tree. So that on the Gentiles might come the blessing of Abraham. In Christ Jesus. In order that we, through faith, might have the spirit which God had undertaken to give. Had undertaken to give. So when God has spoken and he has given a word, you and I do well to have faith in that covenant of promise. To anchor our faith, not on the things that we can do, but on the things that Jesus has accomplished for us in God. Hallelujah. Rise to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.